0: With the Shem's assistance, we are learning Sotat of Mem Ches. We begin on the bottom of Mem a base, page 47b. Two lines from the bottom, last four words. So we said in the Mishnah that Yochanan, the high priest, he stopped the Jews from saying the admittance or the proclamation that says that they brought all of their misers, all of their tithes. It's my time, huh? What's the reason? I remember Yoisei Barb Chanina says, why did he stop them from saying it? Because they were no longer giving it as was appropriate. The Torah says that you're supposed to give the first tithe to the Levite. But what do we do? we give it to the Kohen, to the priest? And Rashi explains, because there was a knas. Ezra, when they came back, the Jews came back to Israel after the, the, the exile, the 70-year exile, for the second base of English when they came back. So many of the Levites didn't come back. So Ezra made a knas a fine on those Levites and said no longer will we give it to the Levites but rather we'll give it to the Kohanim just by the way, a coin of course is actually from the tribe of Levi because they all came from Aaron and Aaron was Levi so you can fulfill it's not a Chathilah, it's not what we're supposed to do that's not what the Torah had in mind originally but Ezra made this fine on the Levites and therefore we give it to the Kohanim so therefore, since we're giving it to the Kohanim, so therefore we we can't say I've given it to the Levi, because it's really, although it may kind of fit in, but it's not precisely, it's not exactly what Hashem had in mind. So why don't we admit, or why don't we make this statement about the rest of the mitzvot that we have indeed brought them as is appropriate? So says, called by al Any house that you're not saying your Vidui, you're not admitting about your Mayserishon, the first tithe which is going to the Levites, Shum Ain al Shar So you're not going to say any kind of statement about the rest of your maestrus as well. My time, what's the reason? Since when the verses speak about giving tithes, the first tithes that they say to give is the tithes of the Levites. So therefore that's the first thing that goes. If that's gone, so then we don't say anything about the other things as well. So now the Gomar says Michal, we can deduce that have a That indeed that they did take off my Serishon, they took off my they took off everything else, and the only thing was, the only problem was that they were indeed not giving it to the Levite, they were giving it to the Kohen. But Tanya, I'm gonna prove to you there's a breast that says that they didn't even do that. It's not even true. Afu Vidui besides for saying that you don't say the Vidui, for saying you don't say the statement, so he also made a decree that if you buy something from an Amharetz from an ignoramus, you also have to take off all of the ties because you can assume that he didn't. The Israel, he sent out to all of the borders of Israel. Rashimafish and he saw that they're only taking off Trumagadola, which is the part that you give to the Kohen, Bilvad, that's it. Umaisarishan, Umaisershani. And when it came to the first tithe and the second tithe, my son my son, not everyone was doing that. So he said to them, Bonai, my sons, come here, let me tell you, just like if you don't take off the tithe, the truma, which you give to the Kohen, so that also has a, has a punishment of death, so too, when it comes to what the Levi has to take off, from that which you give him, and when you don't take off the misers, there's also a problem that if a person does those things, so it could cause him to be liable for death, so in other words, he was telling him, there's a great gravity in the sin, it shouldn't, you shouldn't take it lightly, Ahmed So he made a takani, made a decree, that if you buy Peros, any kind of fruits, Me'am arets from an ignoramus, Mafreshman, Maeser Rishon, So you take off from them the first tithe and the second tithe. Maeser Rishon, Mafresh, And from the first tithe that you take off, you make sure to take off the Truma, the gift of the Levy to give to the Kohen. The nice the Kohen, and you give it to a Kohen. And the second tithe, of course, you have to bring it up to your Shalim. Maeser so when it comes to the first tithe, which is the, the, the tithe that's supposed to go to the Levite, and Miser Ani, and the, the tithe that's supposed to go to the, pure, the poor person, so in the end all, we can't force you to give it to any specific person, because since any poor person can come and take it, or any Levite can come and take the first tithe, so therefore, the person who has it can't be forced to give it. And also, there's a concept over by those two things, says Rashi, that if you eat those things, you're, you're not chayav you're misa, you're not liable for death, but you have done gezel. you have stolen but it's not something as bad as the other things if you haven't done them. So so what do we see? We see from all this that indeed they weren't taking off all the other stuff. So why why is it that Yochanan Kohen Gadol, when he said that we're not going to say this declaration anymore, so the Gemara had said the reason is because we're giving it to the wrong person. Forget about the fact that we're giving it to the wrong person. Not everyone's giving all of the Meisers. That's a good reason. You know, so the Gemara answers, there were two different decrees that he made. First of all, in regards to the declaration that was made by the Talmid HaChemim, those who were scholarly and knew, and they were indeed taking care of taking off all of their miser. He said, don't make that statement either, because you're only giving it to the Kohanim, to the priests, instead of to the Levites. Because're all mys, and besides for that for the regular people, so of course they don't say they they're obviously not making a declaration that they took off all of their miser if they're not taking off all their miser. so there was a second decree for them that when it comes to the stuff that's bought from some kind of ignoramus that you take off all of the misers from them. The He also he nullified the concept of the Ma'irim. What is this Ma'irim? What's Ma'irim? Amar Rachva says every day when the when the Leviim would go up and they would sing their songs, they would say, wake up! How long will you sleep, Hashem?" So he said to them, Is there any sleep in front of Hashem? The verse says, Behold, the guardian of Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers. As long as the people of Israel are in difficult situations, that's only when do we say that Ura Lamasishana Hashem? When does it look like so to speak that Hashem is sleeping? That's only when the people of Israel are having difficulties and the non Jews they're on top and they're 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 facing no difficulties. The Kahnem are Ura Hashem. That's when we say that Hashem needs to wake up, so to speak, because it looks like the people of Israel are the underdogs. But when the Khlais has returned to the Beis Megdash, there's no reason for us to be saying Ur Hashem anymore. So that's why he stopped them from saying that. Feesan Lakfim my Nagfim, what is this Nagfim that he stopped? So Yehuda said the name Shmuel, Ben Karnov, What they used to do is in order to get the animal to calm down when they were about to shecht it, when they were about to slaughter it, so they would give a little cut above the animal's eyes, and so the blood would come down into the animal's eyes, and the eyes would fill with blood and won't be able to see, and then you would be able to slaughter with no difficulty. So that's what they used to do originally. So asa Ihu kimuma. So he stopped it. He said, "It looks like it's going to. It looks like a blemish. We know you're not allowed to have any kind of blemish on an animal. So even though this isn't an actual blemish, it's a small cut. Nevertheless, it looks like a blemish." B'masnisi satana in the bris we learned, They used to hit it with sticks. The animal l'fnei The way it's done before the idolatry, and it seems to me that the reason that they were doing this was again in order to knock the animal out so that it wouldn't resist when they tried to slaughter it. So my son, I mentioned this this uh, Gemara to my son, and he asked a very good question. The question that he asked is, why isn't this a problem with sarba Balei khaim? We're not allowed to cause, we're not to inflict pain upon animals. And the answer my Rav gave me, Rav Zechariah, she said, that when is it a problem of Tzar Chaim? It's only a problem of inflicting pain on animals if there's no toelus, there's no purpose for it. But if it's in order to be able to slaughter it properly, so of course you're allowed to cause pain to the animal. In fact, he said to my son, if there's a, there's a dog that's coming to bite you, are you allowed to kick it? Of course you're allowed to kick it. If there's some toelis, if so there's a purpose to inflicting the pain on the animal, you're allowed to inflict pain upon the animal. So and the high priest, said to him, "How long are you going to give dead animals to the Mizbeach?" Nevelis, so, like my ass "What do you mean, dead animals?" you you it, you slaughtered it. it's considered a trefa. Shema crime because while you're banging it, maybe you punctured the animal's brain. So what did he do? He made a takana. and instead of doing this this negfim business, so they stopped doing it, they made these rings on the ground that they would stick the heads of the animal inside of the rings and it would stop the necks from moving and they were able to slaughter it without resistance. Ad yamov so we said in the Mishnah that until his days, so during Cholamoy, Becholoshel Moed, that's the Gemara says, during Cholamoyed on Yantif. They would be they would be banging with the hammers in Yerushalayim, because it was for a davar Avud for something that was if they didn't do it, they would lose money, so he stopped them from doing that because people didn't know that they were doing it because otherwise they would lo- lose money. Called Yamav la'Hayah Adam Tsar Lishal Al Hadmai. So during his days they didn't have to ask about the because Kidah like we mentioned before they made it a of that everyone if you buy from an Amar Earth from Egerimis you always automatically take off all the tithes. Masnis in our Mishnah. Sanhedrin, from the time that the Sanhedrin became nullified, they stopped singing at the places where they had a party. Shanem, says, the verse says, that uh, with song you shall not drink wine, etc. When the original Navim died, so the breastplate of the Kohen Godal that had on it these precious stones that would light up, and you could ask questions of God from those Urm Vatumim, so they stopped it. It didn't, it didn't exist anymore. It couldn't be used anymore. Mishachar B'shemikdash. When the B'shemikdash was destroyed. Batal Hashamir. So the Shamir, which was the little worm that they used to engrave upon the the stones. So that that was done. V'nefes Tufim. We also have to see what this means in the Gemara. Upasku anshe Amanah. And the trustworthy people or the people who trusted in Hashem were were done me Israel from the people of Israel. Shemar it says Hashia Hashem Kigomer Chosiv V'Gomer Seves Hashem for there is no longer any righteous person. Rav Shmigamilel says Heyyad Rav Yishua Yam Shecharav Beis Hamikdash. Rav Yishua testifies from the that the, that from the day that the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. Ein Yam Sheein Klala, There is no day that does not have a curse. V'lo Yered Hatal LeBracha. And the dew does no longer fall for blessing. tam And the taste of the fruits no longer has that amazing taste that it used to have. And in fact... I think Rashi explains that this means that in the olden times you would never have a fruit that didn't taste good. You'd never have a fruit that went rotten. In those days, that's how it was. But after the basic of was destroyed, it no longer remained that way. Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Yesi says, the fat of the pears, of the fruits, was no longer there. Meaning the fruits, they're, they're very thin now compared to the way they used to be. Rabbi Shimon ben Elezer, Amir Rabbi Shim ben says, Hatahara notla es ben says, the, once there was no longer purity amongst the people of Israel, so there, there was no longer any taste and smell to fruits. From so The fact that people stopped taking tithes, so it took away the fat, the thickness of the, of the wheat. I remember the sages say, that what ruined it all and ended everything, so it was adultery and magic. The Gemara begins, The Gemara begins, had you know that verse is talking about when there's no longer a high court in Jerusalem. Amravuna, brother of Yeshua, Ravuna, the son of Yeshua, said as follows: The verse says, mishar shavsu." The elders from the gates have stopped. So no longer are there children singing, young men singing their songs. So from there we see that it's, it, that the reason that the song stopped is because of the fact that the the Sanhedrin, the high court, no longer existed. Amrav. Rav says, And the ear that hears music should be uprooted. If you have songs in a house, so it's going to be destructive in the end. It's going to be destroyed in the end. The verse says, A song is singing, or a song is heard in the window. It is going to be destroyed in the end. Like a cedar, it is poured out. My Kiarza What does it mean? Like a cedar, it is Ara. What does that word mean? Amar As a house that's covered with cedars. Is that a city? El Afilu even a house is covered with cedars, Misra it's going to be destroyed. The word Ara means to get destroyed. Amr Ravashi Ravashi says we hear from here, Khurva. where does the destruction begin? It begins from the end of the house, meaning the bottom of the house. as the verse says, of that it gets destroyed from the end. Or another proof that we can bring us from here. The verse says that destruction will come upon the gates. And Rashi says that this is actually referring to Shadim, to demons. That they are destroying the shahr the gates. That's the first thing that goes is the beginning of the house. Umar verse Mar Barabashi says I saw him, Uminage Kitura, those shade and those demons they they gore like a bull. Amravuna, Zimra nagdi Vidavkari Shari. So the songs of sailors, which are actually only sung in order to be Mizaris to quicken their pace, bakri, those are the animals they would sing these songs while they were threshing with the animals in order to encourage them, the animals. So that's okay, The But the songs that were made, that were joking songs, those are forbidden. Ravhuna battled Zimra, so Ravhuna he stopped everyone, didn't let anyone listen to music. Come mea ivzi bezuzo, mea sahiti bezuzo. So there was a great, it was it was a tremendous merit, and therefore it became very cheap to buy geese and to buy wheat. You could get a hundred geese for one zuz, and a hundred saa of wheat for one zuz. And nobody even wanted that much, meaning it was it was so common, that was even like an expensive price. Also, of Chizda, so refchizda came, Zalzelbe, And when Rav came, so the people stopped being careful about this Takana not to, to listen to music. And he didn't stop them. I'boy azuza bezuza, I'm sorry, I'boy ivza bezuza, for and at that point already, so the merit was lost. And if you wanted to buy even one goose, whereas previously you could buy a hundred geese for one zuz, so here if you wanted to buy one goose for one zuz, you couldn't find it even for that price because it got very expensive. Amr Yosef, Zemri Gavri, Vaani Pritusa. If men sing and women respond, meaning you have some kind of responsive singing, so that's Pritusa. That's very uncouth. Zamri nashi Vaani Gavri. If women are starting the responsive singing and men are answering and responding, so that's, you're starting a fire. That's horrible. You shouldn't do those things. Neither of these things is a problem. of Erva, hearing women sing, and it seems to be even in a group, is a problem because it will cause men to have negative, licentious thoughts. What's the difference? What's the difference between men first, women first? Why do we need to know the difference between if it's just called licentiousness it's just uncouth or if it's something that's starting up a fire so we, know, we have to know if we have a choice between which one we're going to stop them from doing so you do the one that's the second one first where women are starting singing and the men are responding because that's much more uh, provocative Whoever drinks and sings four different types of songs maybe he brings five different destructions upon the world Shnemara the verse says woe unto those who wake up in the morning Sheikh yerdovu, and they run after deer. and they stay up till late in the evening and and wine lights them up. Khalil, and they sing in these four different types of ways with a with a violin, with a novel, with, with drums and with flutes, and they drink as and they don't look at the works of Hashem. What does it say afterwards? That my nation has been exiled without their knowledge. They caused exile to the world. The verse says afterwards that their honor has has gone into hunger, meaning they've brought hunger into the world. And their great amount have come to thirst. This refers to the fact that they caused the Torah to be forgotten from those who learn it. A yishach adam, they cause man to be bent over. A yishbal ish, they cause a lowering of the ish. Shagarmen shiftless l'sein shalakadosh baruch hu. So the gemara says it causes lowness, loneliness, loneliness to the enemy of Hashem. This is actually a euphemism. For Hashem. This is referring to Hashem, because the verse says that they lowered the man. So this is referring to Hashem. The verse says God is a man of war. And the eyes of the haughty are lowered. They cause the lowliness of the people of Israel. What does it say afterwards? We turn the page to 4AB. That the the depths, which is referenced to Gehenim to hell, so they open up for her for this person after this he's caused these five destructions of the world, so the depths open themselves up. They open themselves up with no end, all of its splendor and its greatness fall down into there, and it rejoices in it, meaning. It all falls down into Gehenna. Everywhere, all those people fall down into hell. Mishemese navi marishanim. When the original prophets died, Navim marishan. Who's this reference to these first prophets? I'm Rav Huna. Ze veDavid uShlomo. This is a reference to Samuel, to David, and to Solomon. In the days of David, there were times that you could actually ask the Urim vatumim your question and it would work, and sometimes it would not work. Sadak asked the question and he was able to get an answer. And Evyasar asked the question, but he was not able to get an answer. As the verse says, which means that Evyasar went up, literally, but it means that he lost his position because when he asked the Urim vatumim the question, he didn't get an answer, whereas Sadak did indeed get an answer. So Sadak replaced Evyasar. So the Radak over there on the verse says that the way that a person would s- understand a message through the Urim V'tumim was that he would actually have some kind of nevuah, he some, some, some kind of prophecy. And so therefore when Avyasar was asked the question he wasn't able to get an answer so that showed that he lost his prophecy. So therefore Tzadak, when he, when he was able to get an answer that showed that he had prophecy and therefore it was fitting and appropriate that he replace Avyasar. Rabbi bar, bar Shmuel says the following question You're telling me that it stopped already after the days of Shlomo HaMelech the verse says like this, So this is much later, and the verse says that he was able to see, he able to get an answer from Hashem just by looking. What was he looking at? Maybe the question he was asking was to the Urim And that would imply that even after Shlomo HaMelech, they still had the Urm of Tumim. The Gmarin says no. This is talking about he got the answer through the Prophets or through prophecy. We bring a proof. We bring a proof after the first temple was destroyed so the cities of the Levites were finished they stopped them and there was no longer an urm David, and there stopped being a king from the house of David if someone will whisper to you and say so Srash said to them do not eat from the Kodesh HaKadosh from the Holy of Holies until someone returns to urm which seems to imply that in the second temple there was indeed an urm no, he was just saying it like someone who says to his friend, "You know, someone was saying a long time from now when Mashiach comes, that's what, what's when what it's going to happen." So he was saying the same thing. The Orim V'Tumim is referring to when Mashiach returns and we have the Orim Vatumim again. The bottom line here is that we see that during the first temple there was an Orim the entire time, and it only stopped for the second temple who are the first prophets that we're talking about it wasn't just David Shlomo and Shmuel but rather this is saying all of the first Prophets, as opposed to Chagai Malachi, they were later, and they were in the times of the Second Temple, and in their time there was no Urvatum. The Tara as we learned in Rebaisa, as soon as Chagai passed away, there was no longer any kind of divine inspiration amongst the people of Israel. And even so, they still were able to use a heavenly voice. One time they were sitting around. In the attic in Bezguria, Bioricho, in Jericho, in they heard a voice a heavenly voice from the heavens there is somebody amongst you who is fitting that the divine presence should be upon him, but just the generation is not worthy of it. and everyone looked to the elder Hillel when he passed away his they they said over a eulogy, Hey Anav, where is the righteous one? Where is the humble one?" Ezra, who and he was a student of Ezra. another time. They were up in the attic in Yavne. They heard a heavenly voice. And said to them, "There's somebody amongst you who is fitting that his the the divine presence should be upon him." But the, the generation doesn't merit that. So everyone looked at Shmuel Akotan and when he passed away his biduhu, they said over the following eulogy, Hey Anav hey chassid, where is the humble one? Where is the righteous one? Interestingly, here it switched the order. Hillel, the student of Hillel. Viafu Amar misasa. he also said at the time of his death, Shimon Vishmo, the Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Shmuel, they're going to they're going to be killed by the sword, the and all their friends are going to die. Meaning he had some kind of Ruha some divine inspiration. He said something over that would happen in the future. He was referring to the Asarah Murray Malchus, the ten martyrs. Ushaar the rest of the, the nation is going to be plundered. The Aqan asiden Asiddin Al And many different difficulties are going to be placed on the nation. Bikshu Lomar, and also about Rabbi Bava, they wanted to say, Hey Chazid, Hey anav, where we have lost our righteous one, we have lost our humble one, Ela Sh'nitcher Fasha, She a HaHaruge Malchus, they didn't allow them to do that, because we don't say a eulogy over somebody who was killed by the government, because since he was killed by the government, we're afraid that they'll think that there's some kind of rebellion brewing if we're saying eulogies about someone who they just killed. Okay, we continue. Mishachar HaShamer so in the base, we destroy the special worm it was no longer extant. Tanarabana, we learned in a Shamir. What's this Shamir? by Bana Shlame that Shlomo Hamelach Solomon used to build the temple. the verse says, when the when it was being built with these full stones, Masa Nivna, it was built in such a way that they just brought the stones directly in without any, doing any kind of construction on the site itself, except for placing the stones that there. there was no banging, there was no sounds, there was no nothing because they would actually carve out those stones complete what would they use? They would use the shamir, this special worm. So Rabbi Huda says, this is exactly what the verse says. It's referring to the shamir, to this worm. Amr says, Is it possible to say this? The verse already says, That they weren't actually carved out by this worm, but rather they were carved out with a, with a saw. So why does the verse say that there was no sound Heard at the temple site while it was being built, which means that they would do all of the work that was necessary before they actually got to the Temple Mount, and therefore no sound would be heard from the Temple Mount. But they, of course, they did it with some kind of saw. The words of the Rabbi Huda seem to be correct in regards to the stones of the actual temple. And the words of Reb Nechemia would seem to be true in regards to the stones of his own house that Sh- Shlomo built. I mean, Shamer osa. So, according to Reb Nechemia, what is the point of the Shamir? We needed for the following that which the Braise says. So the the stones. This is reference, I believe, to the stones of the Urn So you don't write. You can't write on them with any kind of ink. Because the verse says, they're etched in. You can't. Uh, etched into them with some kind of knife they have to be complete they can't be missing anything you write upon them with ink so you show the little, this little worm from the outside and it actually cracks it doesn't actually lose any piece. the shamir is not eating anything it's not taking anything out it's just making a crack just like a fig that cracks on a hot day, but there's nothing lost, it's not missing anything. Like a crack that happens in the ground in the, in the days of the rains, but it's not missing anything. we learned in a Brisa. The, this worm that we're talking about, so it looks like a little barley. It was created from the six days of creation. They ain't called Nothing hard can stand in front of it. But I say, how did they keep it? say they cover it in sponges, made out of wool. say They put it in some kind of box of lead. Malaya which is full of barley Amr um, Rabbi, Amir. Rabbi Amir says Mishacharah ha- Migdash when the base of Migdash the first temple was destroyed, but lachira par- paranda. So this special kind of silk garment they no longer made it. it was a lavana and a very precious kind of glass, white glass. Tanya we learned the bris like this Mishacharah ha- Migdash when the first temple was destroyed, but lachira paranda of uzuchukis lavana same thing. Recha Barzel and some kind of iron chariot they say even this this uh, congealed wine, Habamish Nir that comes from this place called Shneer ke igule Veda, it looks like cakes of pressed figs. The Nefesufim, my Nefitsufim, what is Nefitsufim? Amarab, this is flower, that floated to the top of the sieve. The Demila it looks like dough the that was kneaded with honey and oil. Levi Amar, and Levi says So it's it's actually referring to two uh, loaves of bread that were inside of some kind of stove and they get so spread out, there was such a blessing on things that it would get so big that each one would touch the other. So that stopped after the first temple was destroyed. Rabbi Levi Amar, Rabbi Levi says This is honey that comes from the lookouts. From where do we see this? Uh, like Rav Sheshis explains the verse. So Rashi says this is a translation of the verses because in the first chapter, of so here it's as the as the honeybees make at the top of the world, and they bring honey from the from the grass and the greenery on that hill. T'nan so we learned in a Mishnah. So anything that's normally poured. So if you're pouring from one cle one utensil vessel, which is tahor, and you're pouring into another vessel, which is tamay. So the tuma, the impurity doesn't go up from the bottom vessel to the top vessel. Except when it comes to pouring honey, zifim v'atzvichim. And these other two things, my zifim, what is this Zifim? Amar shem Dvash boy. It's a very heavy, thick honey that you can put water in it and water it down. This is my understanding of Rashi, and you won't even be able to tell the difference because it's so thick. Mishlachamar, Al Shemakai, it's actually referred to this as, as this name Zefim because of the name of the place. Khadihsi, as the verse says, uba Uba'alois. So it's the name of the place. I Dura mean, we find a similar discussion about the following Zifim when the zifim came by amar le sholan and they said to shol hal david va behold david is etc my zifim what's the zifim amar bachanun they are not from the zifim the frame these are liars they forge their words and the lazer amar lazer says ashem kaieman this is the name of their place kidach zifim tell him what else same discussion we said the first temple was destroyed, so there were no longer people of trust. These are people who trust in Hashem. The Tanya, Rabbi Leizer Hagadol Aimer, as we learned in a bris, Rabbi says, Pas Whoever has food in his basket, meaning he's got food in his fridge, and he says, "What am I going to eat tomorrow?" So he has a lack of faith. He doesn't trust Hashem. I know that Rebbe Lazar. This is what Rebbe Lazar says. What is the verse? Who is the one embarrassing on the day of smallness? Who is the one that caused the righteous to be embarrassed on their table in the future? The smallness that was in them. They do not properly trust Hashem. Rava These are the children of the sons of the evil ones of the Jews, we go on the top of forty nine A, they embarrass the judgment of Hashem, heaven forbid, in the future the world Once you're already going to make our parents pay, they're gonna end up paying in hell, so why did you have to kill us for their sins?